listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Pastor Mark, this morning, I said, are you ready for some Holy Ghost mayhem this morning, some kingdom of God chaos? So this morning, I'm going to just kind of wrap this whole series up that I've been on for a couple of months um, on the big church, and uh, the series, we've kind of been looking again at just how that very first church, those very first Christians in that very first century, how they kind of function, because there's so much that we need to learn and, and so much that we just need to reclaim as our own because how God worked then is how God wants to work today in this church, in this place amongst his people. What happened then wasn't unique to them. It was merely to set a standard and to show us how God wants to operate, how the kingdom wants to break forth in every generation, in every church, in the life of every believer. It wasn't just for them. It was the start of something that God wanted to do in every generation, in every church, in every believer. This movement that Jesus came to launch, it was kind of built around a very simple and yet a very powerful and a profound message, and that was that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And that simple message, it unified, it galvanized those first Christians, that first church in that first century. And it is that message that has unified and galvanized every church, every group of believers from that time to now. We've been looking at the New Testament book of Acts because it is essentially a historical record of how those first Christians in that first church, in that first century, how they operated, how God operated amongst them. And in Acts chapter 2, you have this very pivotal, it is like the climax of what God has been at work in for centuries. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes And he's not just among them like he was in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit actually penetrates deeper than he's ever penetrated before. And he indwells, he fills those believers with his person and his power. And it changed the church. It changed those disciples. And it made them like Jesus so there is this, pros- pro- this progression in Scripture, and it kind of begins clear back there in the book of Genesis, unbeknownst to those in that time that God was beginning this great, marvelous, awesome plan. And each act that God did throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, each progression, each act, God just kind of builds on until we reach that pivotal, that climactic moment where the Holy Spirit just comes in power and and he just fills and he indwells and he just begins to overflow through those believers. And, And what happens is it just unleashes the kingdom of God upon the earth in a way it had never flowed before. 
So you have in very simple terms the Old Testament, which basically kind of just demonstrates, it reiterates, it makes the statement, God is for you. That is true, and it's a wonderful, it's a marvelous truth, but it gets better. God is for you. He is for us. He has a plan. He set it in motion. It's playing itself out in which he is going to redeem mankind. We're lost in sin. But God lays out a plan. He gives promises. He begins to make covenants. And then he's going to send a redeemer, a messiah, a savior to rescue us, to save us, to redeem us, to restore us back into a right and proper relationship with our heavenly father so god is for you he's for us in the old testament then the scripture says at the right time the perfect time god sends his son into the world and jesus comes and he is the fulfillment of everything that god promised he would do in sending this redeemer this messiah this savior And so God kind of takes the next step and he says, not only am I for you in sending my son Emmanuel, he is God with you. That's better. God's for you. Now in Jesus, Emmanuel, that name means God with us. God's with us. That's awesome. Jesus lives among us, God in human flesh. For 30 years, relatively quiet and unknown. Lives a very obscure life. Around the age of 30, Jesus is baptized, and in that, the Spirit of God in the form of a dove, it comes down, it rests upon him, and Jesus goes forth. No longer obscure, no longer quiet, no longer unknown. Jesus goes and the kingdom of God just begins to manifest and unfold around him. And everything he says, everything he does, the kingdom of God just begins to operate upon the earth in a way it had never operated before. God is for you. Old Testament, God is with us. Emmanuel. to where Jesus is crucified. He's crucified for us. He's crucified in our place. Our sins are laid upon him, every one of them, from the greatest to the least. Every sin ever committed, every sin that would ever be committed was laid upon him he goes to the cross he is crucified he dies in our place and takes the punishment that was intended for us that we deserved was put upon him and God's wrath against sin was satisfied in his offering in his death upon the cross So you go from God is for you in the Old Testament to God is with us, Emmanuel, 
to the crucified Jesus, God as us. There is this progression in Scripture, every act building upon the last one, and it is building, it is progressing towards something incredible. Three days later, Jesus is resurrected. That's that simple message. He's resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, proving Jesus is the Son of God, that he did satisfy the wrath of God in relation to sin. He removed that barrier of sin that was erected between us and our Heavenly Father. And he opened the door for you and I to be able to have fellowship, intimacy with our Heavenly Father. So in the Old Testament, again, God is for you. As Emmanuel, he is God with you. As the crucified Christ, he is God as us. And in the resurrection, God is before us in resurrected eternal life. Forty days later, Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, God over us, interceding for you and I. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father now, and he is praying, he is interceding for you. God over us. Opening video kind of indicated this was confusing, it was perplexing to the disciples at this time. Their thinking, their thought process is, why go, why not just stay Again, every progression, every act of God builds upon the other one, builds upon the last one, and each one more powerful than the previous one. And Jesus assures them, it is best, I have to go. Because unless I go, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will not and cannot come to you. And then in Acts chapter 2, just as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells those first Christians, and now you have the greatest, most powerful progression of them all. In Pentecost, it is God in us. It don't get any better than that. There's nothing else God has to give us. There's nothing else you need than God in you. See, God for you in the Old Testament, that's good. Jesus with you, Emmanuel, that's good. The crucified Christ, God as us, that's good. Ascended, God over us. It's going somewhere. It's leading to something. God in us, Pentecost, that's the best. It doesn't get any better this side of heaven than God in you. God for us, God with us, God as us, God before us, God over us is good, but God in us is the very best that God has to give to you and I. This is ultimately what God wanted to achieve. This was the plan from the foundations of the earth. 
Every act, every progression, building on the last one, more powerful than the previous one. This is the climax. This is where God was wanting to bring mankind. Creating us, bringing us, positioning us to be his dwelling place upon the earth, to be his temple, to be his tabernacle. In the Old Testament, they would build the physical tabernacle, and when it was erected, God's spirit would come, and he would reside in that place. When it was time to move, the spirit of God would descend out of that and it would kind of hover like a crowd, a cloud over that tabernacle. And it was a sign to the nation of Israel at that time, it's time to take the temple apart. God is getting ready to move us to a new place. So they would tear the temple apart, pack it up. When they were ready to go, the, the cloud, the spirit of God would just begin to lead them to a new place. And when they arrived at that place that God had for them, the cloud would just rest. They knew that this is where God was leading them, so they would unpack, they would set up the tabernacle, the temple. When the temple was complete, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would just kind of, again, fall down into that place. You are that temple. You are that tabernacle that God has constructed. You are that dwelling place now, the New Testament says, that the Holy Spirit wants to reside, to dwell, to live on the inside of you. Why? Why? So the kingdom of God would come in all of its power. That the kingdom of God would just begin to be unleashed upon the face of the earth in a way it had never been unleashed before. Just as it is in heaven, just as it was when, in the days when Jesus walked upon the earth. And that's the whole purpose behind Pentecost. It's why the Holy Spirit comes. It's why he wants to live inside of you. So the kingdom of God would be manifested upon earth, not just in one man, Jesus, who was full of the Holy Spirit, who was our example, who showed us what God's intent was to be people who were full and operating in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But now, not just in one man, Jesus, but now it would be in the multitude of believers throughout generations who are filled with the Holy Spirit, bringing forth the kingdom of God just like Jesus. God wants his kingdom to operate, to be manifested upon the earth. And the only way, the only way that that is going to happen by design, by the purposes of God, is for his people to be filled, to be dwelling having the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. There's no other way this is going to happen. There's no other way for the kingdom of God to be established, to function, to manifest upon the earth like it is in heaven, other than for you and I, who are believers, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to begin to operate in that power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, just like Jesus. 
Now again, one of the pushbacks, the miscalculations many make when we kind of use Jesus as that benchmark or that standard, we say, well, yeah, Jesus could do that because he was God. Yes, Jesus was fully God. He was also fully man. But Paul says in Philippians 2 that Jesus made a decision, a tactical, pivotal decision. And he said, you know what? I'm going to lay aside my claims to godhood, my my rights as deity, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father. I'm going to set it aside and I am going to take the form of a, of a man, a human being, and I am going to come as a servant, a humble servant. So Jesus, all that he does in that three and a half years of ministry, it was not Jesus in, 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 as God doing it. He laid that aside. He was still God. He retained his position, his title, to God, he said, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna use the privileges. Rather, I'm gonna just be a human being filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. As an example for you and for me that we can do what he did and greater works than those because it's not just Jesus now as a human being walking the earth filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're his temple. We're his dwelling place. His spirit wants to fill us, to work through us in manifesting and bringing the kingdom of God upon the earth just as it is in heaven, just as Jesus did. Jesus links the manifestation, the bringing of the kingdom of God upon the earth with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way for this to happen. One occasion, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 28, he's speaking to the demons regarding the casting out of a demon. And Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In Luke 11, verse 20, Jesus said, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. One of the ways the kingdom of God wants to manifest itself upon the earth is through the casting out of demons. And that happens when those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit Just go and do as Jesus did and just cast out, take authority over the demonic realm. We have that power that resides within us to do what Jesus did because the power that raised him from the dead, the scripture says, is the power that dwells in us. Some of you just got to get that released. Some of you just got to get that. And we're going to give you a chance to get it and to release it this morning. Because that's the only way the kingdom of God is going to come. It's a sign to others that the kingdom of God is among us. I was reading a couple of weeks ago and there was just this amazing statement 
I don't know that I've ever seen it before. If I did, it didn't stand out to me the way I, it did that particular day I was reading it. But in Matthew 21, 43, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And he's giving them a parable about the landowner. And he says, therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. That kind of got in my spirit, and I started thinking about that. If we're not producing the kingdom of God, if we're not ushering the kingdom of God upon this earth as it is in heaven, the way Jesus did, God's going to take that from us and he's going to give it to a people, to a church, to a generation that will produce the fruit of it. I want to produce the fruit of it in this place, in this city, in this generation. Good, you're with me. (laughs) Folks, if we're not producing the fruit of the kingdom, it will be taken from us and given to those who will produce it. There is fruit. There's fruit that God wants to manifest, that God wants to produce through believers filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the casting out of demons is just one of the fruits, one of the demonstrations, one of the manifestations of the kingdom of God upon the earth, just as it is in heaven, just as it was when Jesus walked upon the earth. What are some other fruits of the kingdom? Physical healing, Jim talked about that earlier, is a fruit of the kingdom of God. It was a fruit Jesus manifested in the lives of the sick, and it also became a very powerful testimony to those who witnessed the healing. The kingdom of God is among us. Hallelujah. It's here. It's in this place. Physical healing is a fruit. The kingdom of God wants to manifest upon this earth, in this church, through his people. Jesus instructed his disciples in Luke 9, beginning in verse 1. Jesus called together his 12 disciples, gave them power and authority over all devils. That's one manifestation of the kingdom in operation and to cure diseases. Listen to this. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. One of the ways... People would know the kingdom of God was upon them, manifesting upon the earth, just as it did in heaven, just like it did in the days that Jesus walked upon the earth, was through people being healed of sickness and disease. A few verses later, Jesus himself says, responding to the multitude who were following him, Luke 9, verse 11, they followed Jesus and he welcomed them. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. For the kingdom of God to operate upon the earth the way God intended, it must be producing fruit like what Jesus produced. He's the standard bearer. 
He is our representative. He is our example of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. The only way we will ever see the fruit of the kingdom, the only way the kingdom of God will ever be manifested upon this earth just as it is in heaven, just as it was in the days Jesus walked upon the earth, is for believers to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no other way this is going to happen. There's no other way the fruit will come. So the kingdom of God will manifest itself in the casting out of demons. It will manifest itself in physical healing. Let me just give you one more because there's a lot of ways the kingdom of God wants to manifest itself. But we'd be here till next Sunday, which wouldn't bother me, by the way. One of the other ways that the kingdom of God wants to manifest itself upon the earth is through salvation. It's people getting born again. It's people going from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's people who are going from being children of the devil to being children of their heavenly father. That is probably one of the greatest, most beautiful fruits the kingdom of God wants to manifest upon the earth. Jesus in John 3 speaking to Nicodemus, a religious man. Or maybe some of you here this morning, you're full of religion. And yet at the same time, you're very empty. You're wondering, how can I have so much religion? How can I know so much about the Bible? But be so empty. Because Jesus says, you don't know the one to whom the scriptures that you love to memorize, you love to read, because you don't know the one whom the scriptures are pointing to. So Jesus says to that very religious leader, Nicodemus, said, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Some of you are having trouble seeing the kingdom of God because you're not born again. Some of you are having trouble understanding the kingdom of God because you're not born again. Two verses later, Same setting, same man, Nicodemus. Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Jesus said in Mark 1.15, the time promised by God has come at last. Thank God. Jesus spoke these words over 2,000 years ago. The time promised by God is finally here. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. A person coming to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is one of the ways the kingdom of God is seeking to manifest and to fulfill itself upon the earth. God is looking for ecclesia, as we talked about that the very, very beginning of the series. God's looking for people, for churches, for gatherings, for congregations, just like those in that very first century who are hungry. Pastor Jason asked you this morning, are you hungry? Are you thirsty for God? 
If you're not, here's your prayer. God, make me hungry. Make me thirsty for you. He will. He will. He's not going to create in you a longing and a desire and then not fulfill that. He's going to create that longing, that desire for hunger, for thirst, because he's going to say, now watch it. I'm going to fulfill it, and you're just going to be totally blown away. You'll ask yourself, why did I wait so long? What was I thinking? How do I know that? Because I did that. That's my story. That's my reaction. That's my response. God wants to manifest his kingdom through his church, his people, his gathering, his congregation. As we just yield, we surrender, we give him our lives. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. God's looking for a people who are willing to die to themselves so they can come alive unto him. God is looking for people who are willing to surrender, to yield to him, to say this is no longer my body, it is your temple. Fill me, use me, overflow in me. Manifest the kingdom, bring kingdom fruit through me. Are you hungry for that? Is there water? I'm going to take a drink here and then get fired up. <laughs> okay. God wants to manifest himself three ways. This is where I'm just going to ask, not persuasiveness of speech here. Paul said, this can be the greatest sermon you've ever heard. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that it could be. But if the spirit of God isn't working in this place, it's nothing. It's empty. So I'm just saying, God, in spite of me, knock me out of the way if you need to. God, I want your Holy Spirit to come and to begin to flood and to begin to overwhelm every one of us because I think there's something for every one of us this morning. The first way that God wants to manifest his kingdom upon the earth in this place is some of you this morning need to get born again. You just need to get saved. You may be like Nicodemus. You're full of religion. But there's no relationship. You're dry. You're empty. Nothing's happening in your life. As Martin Cassie always say, you're broke, busted, and disgusted. And part of that may be you're just not born again. And unless you're born again, the kingdom of God is not going to work in your life. It's not going to work through you the way God intended for it to work. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, or Jesus as Lord, that's the Old Testament equivalent of saying Jesus is co-equal, co-eternal with the Father Jesus and the Father are one. They're different persons, but the same essence, the same being. 
So if you just make that confession with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, which we celebrated a couple of weeks ago at Easter. Again, that's that simple yet powerful message that galvanized, unified that very first church. Jesus Christ died, and he was resurrected from the dead, and he is alive forevermore. If you'll just believe in your heart that God did that in raising Jesus Christ from the dead, Paul says, you will be saved. He said, for with the heart... A person believes, resulting in righteousness. See, you don't feel right before God. You feel condemned. Maybe you feel shame. You feel separation. That's not righteousness. That's unrighteousness. See, when you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Paul says it does something. It takes you from unrighteousness into righteousness where all of a sudden now, even though I've done some incredibly horrible things in my life, all of a sudden... I feel right, I feel forgiven, I feel freed, I feel brand new, I feel like a new creation. It's because you are. And he said, with the mouth, he confesses. What does he confess? Jesus as Lord. Three of the most powerful words that will ever come out of your mouth. As a matter of fact, you know it is the Holy Spirit that will enable you to make that profession of faith? It is. The Holy Spirit is here this morning to help some of you make that profession of faith for the first time. And it, when those words come out of your mouth, Paul says it results in salvation. See, if you understand everything I just said, today is the day for you to get saved. Not tomorrow, not next month, not next year. I have a lot of people who are in the congregation one Sunday and I'm doing their funeral the next. None of you know that day or that hour. That's why Paul says the day of salvation is today. It is right now. Don't put this off. Second way God wants to manifest his kingdom in here this morning is through physical healing. Now you may be here this morning and you're a born again believer but you have sickness and disease, I want you to know the kingdom of God wants to come upon you. The kingdom of God wants to overwhelm you this morning. He wants to restore your physical body. He wants to remove sickness and disease from you. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. There's that word righteousness again. By his wounds, you have been healed. It's past tense. It was done 2,000 years ago. But I wasn't around 2,000 years. Well, praise God, because you're here now. And if you need physical healing, those stripes that worked then are the stripes that will work now. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The, power, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. We're going to have people up here this morning. They're going to pray for you. Well, I got oil up here. We're going to anoint you with oil. And we're just going to believe and trust the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, is just going to break forth in this place this morning in healing. Third way God wants to manifest his kingdom among us today is some of you just need to get the Holy Spirit. You're saved. You've been to the manger. You rejoice 
over his birth. You've been to the resurrection. You know he's alive. But you kind of got stuck there at the resurrection and you never moved on to Pentecost. Some of you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you need to get filled in such a way that there's more than enough for you and a ton left over that begins to flow out and begins to affect and manifest itself in the lives of other people. The kingdom of God will not operate among you without that. Peter makes a very interesting observation. In Acts 2, 38, Peter says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See the progression there? Repent, be baptized, and then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of you may have been baptized here last Sunday. And you may be sitting there thinking, man, I wonder what the next step is. Peter tells you what the next step is. Get the Holy Spirit. I don't want to dampen that, but it'll make what happened last Sunday pale in comparison. Only because it just sets you up for the next big move of God in your life. I'm done. Okay. Let's stand. If you're here this morning and you do not, you've never ever made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to do that this morning. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Some of you could honestly say here this morning, I've never heard the voice of God. And I will tell you there's a reason for that because you're not born again. You're not his child. You need to become a child of God. And the way to do that is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Just make that confession with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And I'll tell you what, when you're saved, you will hear the Father's voice. When my dad calls me, my, heaven, my earthly father calls me on the phone, I know his voice. I don't ever say, Dad, is that you? I know his voice. I'm his son. When I became a son, a child of God, I, I didn't have to say, Heavenly Father, is that you? I knew his voice. I know his voice. I'm born again. For some of you to hear the voice of God, you just got to get born again. Because without it, you will not see, you will not experience. The kingdom of God will not manifest in your life. You'll go on broke, busted, and disgusted. Some of you this morning just need to lay it down. Do you know what your greatest sin is? Do you want me to tell you what your greatest sin is? Oh no, I knew this day was going to come. The pastor's going to reveal my deepest, darkest sin. You want me to tell you what your deepest, darkest sin is? Jesus said, it's that you've rejected the one whom the Father sent. That is our greatest sin. We've rejected. We haven't received him. We haven't believed on him. That is your greatest sin. And you know what? When you believe on him, when you receive on him, not only does he take care of the greatest sin, he takes care of all the other junk you're afraid of me or anyone else to find out about. He wipes it 
completely away. What can make me whole again? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's your greatest sin? You haven't believed on him. This morning you can believe on him. Jesus is Lord. Believe in my heart. God raised him dead. That's some of you need to receive that this morning. Others of you this morning, you're here and you just need physical healing in your body. We've got an anointing oil up here. We're going to pray. We're going to anoint you with oil this morning. Some of you third just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you just need to come up. You need to get saved. And then maybe you need to go and get anointed with oil to get your physical healing and then go to somebody else and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can have the whole package tonight, today. We may be here till tonight, but <laughs> praise God. Amen. Father, come. Holy Spirit, come. Manifest your power, your presence in this place. Oh, unleash the kingdom of God among us. Father, we just pray that the Holy Spirit that is indwelling believers in this place right now, God, just begin to equip, begin to flow out. God, just begin to fan. And God, just begin to stir within us these gifts, God, that you want us to manifest in this place in salvation, in healing, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, as people come this morning receiving, Father, that they're going to receive the fruit of the kingdom of God in this place. And God, not only are they going to enter into the kingdom of God, but they're going to begin to go and they're going to begin to do the works of the kingdom of God just as it is in heaven, just like in the days of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us. Empower us. Enable us to be all that you've created and positioned us to be. Father, we just ask for Holy Spirit mayhem in this place kingdom of god chaos break forth among us we're hungry we're thirsty for you we are tired of religion we want you in jesus name we pray amen if you're here this morning and you want to receive any of that salvation healing or a holy ghost invasion this morning i want you to come jim's going to give a word and then i just want when you come just form one line Kind of draw right in the center and just form There's one line. We'll have people in front of you, people behind you praying for you, and they'll just ask you, what do you want? And just answer one word, healing, salvation, holy, you know, fill me up, or all three, you know. But just form a line right here, and we'll have people come and pray for you individually. And we got the oil here. So come on up, form a line right here. If you're not in a need, get behind somebody. We want to just really surround you with prayer. So there will be someone in front of you, someone behind you. So come on up, form the line, and uh, receive uh, prayer this morning. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.